Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash pro revenge video. If you're a pro here on YouTube, you already know the best way to help out is to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Objective Unknown, Poaching Threats and Frogs. Lots and lots of frogs. This is another story about my pops, my grandfather, and how he got some sweet, sweet revenge on some squatters and poachers. This goes way back to the 90s, to be exact, 1998. I was 10 years old. My farm back then was pops' family farm. It's way up north in Ontario. My farm is not a small farm in the area. It's the biggest plot of land. Not only that, it has the most workable farmland. There's about 80 acres of good workable farmland that's including pastures and another 120 acres of dense forest and marshland. It's in Northern Ontario. Back in the 90s, Northern Ontario had a breakout of this type of moth. They would spin silk high in the trees. Really, they caused no harm other than a nuisance, but the government had the great idea to crop dust the forests on Ontario, causing an ecological disaster. With the loss of the months and the chemicals in the water, a type of frog was nearly wiped out. We called them leopard frogs. They're very green and had these big black spots on them. After that, they were put on the endangered species list. The back end of my property runs off into a small marshland and into the lake. And back in the 90s, Pops was having a problem with poachers. They were camping in the back area, hunting out of season, killing and eating turtles out of the marsh, and just messing up the property. Back in the day, that forest was my playground. I know that area like the back of my hand. But unfortunately, I had a run-in with the poachers. They threatened to pop a 10-year-old child. Of course, I went out there with Pops and our local lawmen, but they packed up and were gone before we got there. Unfortunately, they returned the week after. We could hear the rifle shots. Pops tried to find them with the lawmen several times, but with no luck. Now here's where all the information from the start comes into play. Pops, as hard as he tried, wanted them gone, but it wasn't working. Pops was also a fisherman, and his favorite bait were none other than the leopard frog. But because they made it on the endangered species list, the use was outright banned. Pops, being the responsible fisherman and generally caring about the land, figured, oh heck, now's the time to kill two birds with one stone. He approached the Canadian fishery and game wardens, and through a lot of work, got in touch with an ecological survey team who decided that our little marsh was the perfect place for a spawning pool to raise little leopard frogs. And that's what happened in our back area where our marsh was fenced in and they started breeding tadpoles to brood in our marsh. Not only that, but the poacher's hunting ground happened to fall in the protected zone. Once the work happened, it took a full year for the poachers to return. But Pops had a weapon now, his phone. Once you could hear that familiar sound of rifles going off where no rifle fire should be, he made a single phone call to the game warden. They had over a dozen wardens up there in less than an hour, and the poachers were caught. Not only were they caught with a carcass of a bear and other animals, they were found with buckets and buckets of our little leopard frogs. They were caught, but not only did they hunt without a license, they also poached an endangered species to be used as an illegal bait. From what we learned through the locals, they did two years in big time prison. All because Pops cared about the little froggies. Oh yeah, over 5 million frogs were raised on that marsh over 10 years, being released through marshes and forests in Ontario. 
You'd have a hard time finding a leopard frog across Ontario that was not somehow related to a frog that came out of my little marsh. Well, this is a great story. Not only do some awful poachers get some real revenge, but they help save a species of frogs in there. In nature, I've always loved seeing little frogs hop around. I think they're great little critters. How do you guys feel about frogs? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is by East Preparation 906 Muddied Up Selfish Dad's Kids. So I was working on a holiday camp where families can come and take part in various activities together, such as rock climbing, swimming, kayaking, etc. Normally parents and kids do the same activities together as a bonding experience. But some parents want alone time, leaving me with the kids, which is cool. Totally get it, they would like some time to themselves. But one camp, there was one father who had zero interest in spending time with his two kids. About 10, or wife. He spent the entire time fishing and in general wasn't a particularly nice guy. One evening, I was by the lake with his kids and his daughter squatted down to poke some mud as some kids do. From the other side of the lake, I heard the father yell, Don't play with the mud! Some time passes, I take the kids kayaking, the dad fishes and then goes back to the camp. I still had some time to kill, so I asked the kids if they wanted to go in the mud pit, which is exactly what it sounds like. They gave a very enthusiastic yes! Believe me when I tell you when I say I have never seen pure joy before or after seeing those kids in the pit. They had such a fantastic time. It then came time to go back to camp, so I drove the kids back in the buggy. The kids had to get ready for dinner, so I drove them to her accommodation and dropped them off with their father, whose jaw dropped to the floor upon seeing his two kids head to toe in thick mud. Kids had a great time. Selfish father had to deal with the aftermath. Win-win. Our next story is by an anonymous poster. Coworker thinks I'm slacking off and won't switch days with me. He ends up scheduled for my day anyway, and I end up slacking off. At the beginning of the week, I noticed I was scheduled for a work event on a day I was supposed to be off next month. My coworkers and I are usually really happy to cover for each other on these things, so I just ask the guy who's scheduled to do the event the week before if he'll switch. Now this guy is really moody anyways and seems to have taken a dislike to me lately. He immediately says no and is kind of aggressive about it, that he didn't think that he wanted to do that and made a few thin excuses. I felt really off. This guy is always mad at someone, usually because he thinks he's working harder than them. And he's probably right because he doesn't have the skills necessary to work smarter. I just say no big deal, I'll let our bosses know I'm off that day and let him take care of it. So I did and someone else entirely got assigned to that event. Less than a week later, the guy I originally asked to switch with needs to switch because he's actually supposed to be off on the day of his event. I wondered if this is why he didn't want to switch with me, because he knew he had days off the next month and didn't know if my event was on his day off, but why not look at a calendar before shooting me down then? So this guy is now working my original event, and I'm not on the schedule for any events at all next month. He is going to be working harder than me, and it gives me a fuzzy, warm feeling inside. I don't know if this is really petty revenge, because I didn't really intend for things to go this way, but he's pissy with me anyway, and I'm taking credit for it. Whether or not it was really OP's causing or OP's fault, it doesn't really matter. I think it feels good enough that it's fair enough to just give it to OP. I'd have enjoyed that day off too. This next story is by GamerNerd93. My petty pop is taking revenge on my entitled father and I love 
For as long as I can remember, my father has stood firm in his belief that when my grandparents pass, he should get the majority share of their belongings. My grandparents have had a will in place for the last 24 years stating that their house and belongings are to be sold when they've both passed, and the money's to be split between my father, aunt, and cousin, raised by my grandparents from a newborn. My nan passed suddenly in 2014, leaving only my pop. This past weekend, my father made the 10 plus hour trip to my pop's house to start up this age old argument once again. He made it very clear to my pop that he's going to contest the will, have my cousin removed, and take most of my aunt's share. He stated to my pop that he's only looking for his fair share of the will. The revenge? My dear old pop then decided he wanted to make my dad's share as small as possible. He called me today saying he needed to have an important conversation, sending me into meltdown mode believing this man was about to tell me he was dying. No, pop just wanted to inform me that he's changing the will. Everything except his car will be sold and the money will be split seven ways. So instead of getting one third, my father will now get one seventh. The addition to my pop's will are me and my three sisters. As for pop's car, he's leaving it for me too. The best part is he isn't telling my father a thing. I love this man with all my heart and hope he's around for another 15 to 20 years yet, but lord have mercy. When it comes to wills and inheritance, it can get pretty darn messy, so best of luck to them. I know one thing that they can do is some kind of like clause, where if somebody contests the will and their inheritance, they automatically just like forfeit their inheritance. So having that be included would probably be a pretty good deterrent. This next story is by Paige Lisa. I'm learning Spanish despite my racist grandparents. So to start things off, I, 18 year old female, am a quarter Mexican. My mom was half Mexican and I have a whole family in Mexico who I've never met in person and can't communicate with very well due to language barriers. That's part of the reason why I want to learn actually. My mom passed away a little over a year ago and we, me and two of my siblings, were sent to live with my grandparents on my dad's side. They're very racist. They've made jokes saying that Mexicans eat dogs, they're stealing our jobs, and other crap you'd expect a racist to say. Whenever I bring up wanting to meet some of my other family in person, they give me a whole list of reasons why I shouldn't, and none of it makes any sense. At my brother's birthday about a week ago, they said that us being part Mexican was embarrassing. Later that day, my grandpa said something along the lines of, If Mexicans want to live here, they'd better learn English, followed by some other harsh words that I don't feel comfortable typing. This made me so mad, and I'm just so tired of my family acting like that's okay. So now I'm learning Spanish, and I can't wait until I'm fluent enough to say whatever I want in front of them. Montón de idiotas racistas. I tried my best on the last little Spanish bit because it seemed like a fun little thing to do. It basically means bunch of racist idiots. And honestly, I would imagine it would be a pretty satisfying revenge to be able to go right in front of them, have them say whatever totally ignorant stuff, and be able to talk crap about them to their face in Spanish probably would make them blow up. Our next story is by I'm a simp for Obi-Wan. I can't wait for my appointment at home, literally one minute away from the doctor's office. Fine. My general practitioner's office is two houses next to my home. I have chronic pain, which is treated with pain meds. I need a new prescription every quarter year. And for that, the doc needs to see me. One day I realized that my pain was so bad I wouldn't be able to sit for long. At my docs, you'll normally have to wait 40 to 60 minutes after your appointment time until you're called into the office. 
I knew I wouldn't be able to stand this, so I called and asked if they could just call me five minutes before I would be called in so that I could stay at home in bed until then. Nope, not possible. So I took my sleeping mat and rolled it out in the waiting area and laid down. Everyone asked what I was doing. I explained that I was in so much pain that I couldn't sit. A nice old lady got up, went to the desk, and switched her earlier appointment with mine so I could be seen quickly. Honestly, bless that woman, because, like, we gotta be honest, a lot of us, even when seeing that, probably wouldn't give up their appointment time, especially if you have to wait 40 to an hour. So for her to get up and go out of her way and say, okay, you go ahead, take this earlier appointment, get what you need done, bless them. And our final story of the day is by a chocolate fire guard, petty revenge on Jobsworth, who makes life difficult for everyone in the office. So there's a guy in my office who everybody hates. He follows the rules to the letter and takes joy from being incredibly petty. He rubs everybody the wrong way. His kids are adults now, but he still books off the kids' holidays before anybody else gets the chance, so people who actually have children can't take it. He complains when some people book a few days off before and after Christmas, as you're meant to do one or the other, but then he'll do it himself. Lately, he's really been rubbing me the wrong way. If something of yours is 5 millimeters over the line and onto his desk, he will push it back onto your desk or knock it over. The apprentice had a bottle of water like this the other day, and Jobsworth threw it in the bin. We're hot desking, and also are supposed to clear all items from desks at the end of the day, and now reserve them. This rule is aimed at people who come in twice a week on a rota, like him, but I come in every day. As I come in every day, I see no harm in being at the same one permanently, my boss sees no issue with this, but the Jobsworth took it higher and has kicked off in management meetings, etc. So my boss apologized to me and said I have to clear the desk at the end of every day, and he'll send out a mass email saying so. The Jobsworth has also complained about people wearing jeans as this isn't professional, so this was included in the mass email, although it said jeans were smart slash casual and fine to wear as long as there were no rips or anything. This is where the petty revenge comes in. The Jobsworth likes to wear shorts. He also wears flat peak slash fitted hats and a leopard print face mask. I clicked reply all to the email and responded something along the lines of, Regarding workplace attire, I assume that flat peaks, leopard masks, and shorts are also inappropriate? It doesn't look very professional to clients, and I assume this was the reason company name provided us with our own branded masks? And the boss has agreed with me and said only our branded masks or the blue surgical masks can be worn. No shorts and no unsuitable hats. Jobsworth has then called the boss in a rage and has demanded I apologize for this personal attack on him and is apparently kicking off and trying to take it to the union. Yeah, this sounds like the total particular jerk that nobody likes. Whether it's going up through school or at your first job or whatever, it always seems like we had one of these people hanging around for some reason. Situations that could be almost perfect or like really relaxed in nature. Those kind of situations were especially the ones where one guy like this pops up and totally fills that quota of making everybody just totally pissed off. You want to tell these people, just get a life. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. 
Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.